Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Rob Rivera. And this is Rob Rucha. And you're listening to the Robcast Podcast. Podcast. All right, sir. Uh, welcome back. And uh, episode... 16. 16. The SEC says 1-6. Oh, they're getting all Spanish on me. Yeah, I man, we got the 16 episodes. 16. Um, so this episode is a little more tech heavy on the, uh, the, the side of the Robcast podcast as we, our guest today is, uh, an innovator and pioneer as well as a, uh, a groundbreaker in the, uh, pro audio world, as well as in the drum world, um, from what you and I have worked on. Yeah. Steven Slate actually is the guest today. Yeah, he is. He is our guest. Um, so let's, uh, let's give Steven a call and get him on the horn. Yeah. Let's talk about this shit. Yeah. Hello. Rob, how you doing, man? Hey, Steven, how's it going? Doing well. Sorry for the delay. It's one of those chaotic days over here. You know how it goes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm actually getting a nice little break by doing this from tracking a live recording all day. Cool. So it's a nice little separation from. You're you're getting to do the fun stuff over there, man. Well, I'm yeah. About, I'm about due to uh, do some of my own uh, live recordings. I haven't done one in a long time. Too long. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you get to, I mean, I'm sure you're pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you've had such an impact in it from, you know, as long as I've been in this business from just the drum samples that everybody was using in different programs. And then, of course, Trigger. So um, I didn't know what, what was the first actual plugin that you had come out with? I guess the first actual plugin was Steven Slate Drums 2.0, which was on the contact player. Okay. And uh, there was just drum samples and a guy who knew how to script contact, and we had ourselves a little drum instrument. And that was, you know, really before the days where you had a lot of competition in, in that space. So it did really, really well. And then eventually the 3.0 also used the contact player. And uh, it wasn't until 4.0 where, where we made our own plugin. But yeah, that was the actual first plugin that I released. And then I believe Trigger came after that trigger one yeah and then fabrice and i made uh, fgx at slate digital and that was our first slate digital plugin and that's a monster yeah i love that thing yeah it's still it still holds up man where we've got some new stuff in the works regarding you know limiting but uh that that is still an extremely transparent way to make stuff loud yeah i definitely throw it on at the end of the day when clients are asking for take-homes it's just a quick and easy way to get it so that they don't call me later going why isn't it as loud as everything else i have sure you know that's the number one complaint when people walk out with a mix versus a master and you know not to try and spend time with fried ears at the end of a 12-hour day is like really a benefit to just throw it up and know that it's going to do its job yeah well the unfortunate circumstance is that uh perceived loudness is you know equivocated to quality you know people hear one db of something that's louder it could be the exact same thing and they'll go this one sounds better they don't realize that you know a small amount of extra level will fool the ear into perceiving it as better yeah as larger bigger you know more bass more punchy that's all it takes yeah, it's the perception of of people that aren't in the industry because I've and that's usually the people you're trying to mix for, you know, like and even in the industry, you're mixing for A&R guys, which most of them aren't engineers. Half of them are either not musicians or failed musicians, and they are just going with what's louder, what's is, you know, the 
the loudness war thing that had happened, but it's dynamic range, I think, and you've mentioned it in your videos, it's, that is more important you know, than, than actual loudness. And if you have a dynamic range that's really nice and sweet, like the FGX allows it to have, then people yeah. perceive it better. It's true. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a kind of a happy balance between you know level and also having enough dynamics. I mean, what I've actually found in the recent years is if you go the opposite way, it's also problematic. If things are too dynamic, uh, that can also be kind of be fatiguing, especially if stuff is just way too drum heavy and you you can't focus on the the song as a whole. So it's like you have to find find that happy balance, and that's really about expertise and, and just skill and, and just knowing how to work a mix. Yeah. Well, and it makes it easier when you have great tools, which I mean, now that I use pretty much almost every mix in the last couple of years has been just VMRs all over the place and with the occasional isotope here or there, just because their AI is pretty sweet. But, um, you know, that's just to get things faster, because as you know, and I'm sure people have mentioned it to you and in in just from you know, not every project is a universal music budget. Not every project is, you know, got the time to spend to use the right tools. So sometimes you got to use computer aided stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that at some point, you know, people may have even written on, I think on the slate audio file thing that that's, you know, one of the things that they go with is like, it's all slate stuff, but then the occasional something like an isotope or something. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's always great to hear that people are enjoying our tools. And, you know, we try to make a package that, that, offers a lot of different options and versatility and allows you to take care of most of your goals. Having said that, yeah, there's so many other great companies making great tools and Isotope is certainly one of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and what's great about your stuff is it kind of set the trend and I noticed it right after VMR started to become popular. It was like sound toys went with a rack based thing, like uh, Wave started going with rack based things where you could add plugins to their plugins like you would a drag and drop VMR style. And uh, mm. that's something I didn't see before the VMR had come out. Like nobody had been doing that. Well, the VMR thing is was is so was it was just really obvious for me personally because, you know, when I hear something, I immediately in my head start hearing what I want it to sound like. So I want everything there so I can start tweaking. I want to start EQing. I want to start compressing. I want to start messing with different EQs. I, I just want to start going, going, going. And the workflow of opening and closing various individual plugins in a DAW was was and still is so counterintuitive to me. Yeah, getting it all at once is better. Yeah, I just it's just so much more convenient to just throw everything on there. And then as I'm mixing, oh, I want to I want to tweak something or I want to tweak something a track. Just loading it up and having the whole chain right there in front of my face is just so much more convenient. And I and I it's funny. Just re recently, I tried mixing with you know individual plugins i took some competitive plugins and i tried mixing with individuals and within minutes of just clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking all these interfaces and having all these plugin interfaces crowd my screen i, I was ready to pull my hair out and, and i feel like uh, the, the the channel strip aspect of vmr is really powerful uh, but having said that a lot of people have requested single plugins and it's definitely something we'll do in the future but uh, for me nothing beats the workflow of just loading up your whole chain and just going yeah, no, I mean, and I mean, I have the the virtual bus compressors and the you know the things that are single plugins, and I just love the way that it still ties in thematically to you know sure. the, the VMR, and it still makes you feel like you're working in that environment. I mean, our studio is set up with a hybrid approach where we've got so many different channels of you know front end, like four APIs, a couple of universal audio, some Avalon, and that's kind of what the VMR does for me on the back end. Is it allows yeah. me to choose those 
you know, I want an API EQ and I want a distressor in there and I want, you know, things that I only have a few of in the studio. Now I'm able to go and put those on in, you know, virtual sense. And I really love the way that it's so transparent and comparable, like just going from my distressor to, you know, the, the FG stress. And sure. one of those things that I remember from, you know, again, the testing and even that video that's out with, you know, comparisons of different distressors and, you know, mine being one of them at a 20 to one ratio and then the FG stress against it, you couldn't tell the difference. And so, I mean, I don't see anybody, you know, especially with the way you've made it available in subscription style. And that's another one of those pioneer things. I mean, what made you come up with that? Because now everybody seems to be going subscription. I, uh, well, first of all, I appreciate the kind words on on the plugins, and certainly the FG stress was was a quite an interesting path. It took quite a while to really get it as as accurate as it is. Uh, regarding the subscription stuff, that was pretty much a no brainer to me. It was a no brainer because you know I saw how the industry was moving. People in this industry were just not able to keep on spending a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars on plugins. I mean. I said, this is not a sustainable type of business, especially when the rest of the software industry was going subscription or going extremely uh, to affordable prices. And I said, this is just, you know, we, we have to remove the barrier to entry if we're going to contain, I'm sorry, sustain a healthy business. And um, and then stuff like Netflix and, 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 and other subscription and streaming services kind of sealed the deal. I said, this makes sense. You know, I'm spending very little money and I'm getting such extreme value. You know, I think Netflix at the time was eight bucks a month and boom, Sons of, I remember specifically Sons of Anarchy, the whole new season just popped up there. Right. And, and I was like, my God, this is such incredible value and I have access to so much and I'm paying so little. And I said, let's try this in the audio business. And sure enough, it worked. And that's a little bit different than what I think, you know, a lot of companies originally went out for because they were trying to make the plugins high priced to make people feel, I think, that they were getting something similar to the hardware, which was so expensive when you look at what some APIs go for, you know, or some right. distressor goes for just a single channel. It's like now I've got 24 of those things on for, you know, less than 15 bucks a month. What? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just makes more sense. And, and we've grown so fast because of this. We have so many people who are happy who are like, listen, there's no possible way I could have even afforded three of these plugins. And now I'm getting to use 25 or 30. I don't know how many is in the bundle now. And, and you know, I'm paying the same price I spent on lunch yesterday for yeah. the whole month. So it's, it's it, it just seems like people are really loving the business model. And, and man, it's only going to keep getting better. You know, I've kind of alluded to a few things, but we've got some major things happening very soon. Yeah, well, I mean, that's something that, um, you know, everybody is always talking about, too, is is the, you know, um, what's coming next kind of thing. And, and you know, in the Slate world, it, it's it's never ending, it seems. You've always got something in the pipeline. So when people are, you know, getting excited about it and then, you know, it takes some time. And I've said it a million times and I'm sure you've seen the posts where I've posted things like if it's worth having, it's worth waiting for. So, you know, shut up and don't complain, because when it does come out, people are floored. You know, and, and they're talking about how much of a game changer it was. Nobody's complaining about the FG stress now. You know, sure. Like everybody's loving it. And I'm sure a million mixes are out there that have used it. Sure. 
yeah, it's it, it was quite a success. It was quite a journey to get there, and certainly we had delays, but uh, I'm really glad with the 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 outcome. Yeah, it had to be done right, or else it would have just been shooting yourself in the foot, you know, like trying to put it out there without it being so accurate. And yeah, well, what you saw when we came out with it, the, one of the first things we did is we had over 60 user-submitted distressor files. I believe you were one yeah. of those user-submitted files. And, and I knew, I said, I said if we're going to do this and we're going to come out showing this authenticity, uh, it has to be exact. Like, it can't be 90% there. And, and, I, and I think we got it there. I mean, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of the users who submitted their files and listened to the, 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 the calibrated comparisons were pretty floored by it. And, and that, that, that's, that's what takes time. Yeah, Those and I've been able to use my hardware ones and then switch to software without noticing a difference. So that's I mean, amazing. if it didn't do that, I wouldn't use it, you know, because I've got sure. real ones. Why wouldn't I just use the real ones? I haven't touched my SSL uh, uh, XBus mixer thing that I have, a stereo compressor, since the virtual bus compressors came out. Like, I don't, because of, you know, I have to hardware it, and then all of a sudden I lose my non-real-time bounce capability in Pro Tools. So it's like offline bouncing is a key and being able to run an SSL on my bus that's like authentic. But, you know, it's one of the slate virtual bus compressors. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a fun it's it's certainly a fun time to be doing this. I mean, again, I, I remember when I started out in, in Boston and it was, you know, I remember I, I start, actually I really started out my when I was a teenager on a cassette four track and then it was eight ats and, and, you know, then it was, you know, the the. the Early DAWs were really difficult because pretty much if you didn't have a Pro Tools TDM system, you couldn't actually track without latency. So it was it was it was tough. And now it's it's man, so it's it's a fun time to be in the business. There's a lot of great tools available, and uh, you can make some great sound and music for very little money. Well, one of the the tools that uh, I wanted to ask you about, and I've got my my partner Rob Rivera, who's the drummer from Nonpoint, sitting next to me, and I wanted cool. to um, to talk about the, the the purchase he made, which I've helped him with a lot, and so has the support team over at uh, Slate and Pearl, was the Mimic, and yep. the you know powered by Slate drums, which I mean I convinced Rob to get it because it had the SSD five before SSD five was out. Sure. Um, so I mean, Rob, did you have a question about that? Hey, how you doing? It's Rob up here. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Good, good. Uh, huge props. I'm a pro slate guy. Awesome. So I've used uh, your samples on the last two albums on demos at home. We've been able to do some real sick, <laughs> awesome sounding demos at my, just right in my basement, you know, and... and so I'm very, uh, very happy and very, you know, just like overwhelmed, like how good your stuff sounds. And, and, and we, I mean, we're pro slate everything. Uh, we also got the, uh, what's the guitar thing? The Oh, the THU. Yeah, we got the THU that we've been testing as well. And, and, and just oh, want to say huge thank you. And, and, and my question to you is what made you choose Pearl? I, I'm a Pearl endorser. So I, what made you choose Pearl to make this just amazing piece of machinery? This just amazing piece of technology. So I started working with Pearl in the mid to late 2000s. You know, I'd be, I'd, I started off being the drum sample guy, and I was just doing so much drum stuff. And I just really loved a lot of the Pearl drums. I mean, they have a drum called the Sensitone, which is the not-so-secret best drum for the money ever. It's a snare drum, and they have this the reference brass. And I just started loving their drums. And I don't know, I can't remember how I first made contact with them, maybe – uh, at like a trade show, but I made contact with them. And then the next thing you know, I kind of got an endorsement deal with them. And I was using a lot of their drums for sampling. 
and they just sounded good. They're consistent, and I just knew those drums so well. I mean, I had a, I had a Pearl Masters Maple kit that I knew so well that I could tune those things without ever hitting the heads, and I could almost get it to the exact note that I wanted. Um, and I just had a, just kind of had a relationship with Pearl, and and since then, then we then they originally made a drum module that was able to run external samples, and I made a sample pack for that. Uh, and I just had a great, they're just great people at Pearl and I have a great relationship with them. And, uh, so w- when it came time to build a drum module, they're the first company, of course, who I thought of, and it's been an amazing relationship and that, that module just kicks ass. Yeah, it's been, uh, we've used it on demos. I mean, I've actually played with my ePro live here at the studio and been able to track demos. You know, it's a lot nicer to hear that than hearing a full kit and a cymbals blasting in your ears, you know, in a, sure. such, it's such yeah. a small space. So what, what is the, the future of, uh, of that? Is there like more coming, more samples coming? Yeah, we're going to have expansion packs for Mimic. It's going to be really fun. I mean, we got some cr- incredible expansion packs, everything from the Crystal Algae stuff, but, but even, even new stuff we're creating that's specifically geared towards the Mimic. So it's going to have some incredible playability, uh, playability uh, features. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, a modular, expandable concept. So we're excited. Yeah, I can't tell you from an engineering standpoint how much of a, a great deal it is to be able to walk out in the room and, and work with a band uh, while the mimic is being used with the cymbals and that are just making little tapping noises as opposed to sure. the extreme dynamics and the guitar players and, the, and Nonpoint especially appreciated it during our writing sessions as they were all talking and we could talk in the room and not have to wait for Rob's drums to stop exploding in the room because of how much he hits them. And when you listen in the ears, it still sounded like he was hitting them hard and they sounded professional and polished and tra- tracking off of it is phenomenal. Love that. Yeah, I mean, they're super fun. I've got a, I've got a, a kid set up in my house and it's just it's just great. I mean, before that, I there was no possible way I could have a live kid at my house because it would just I, I live in a canyon area. Yeah, so that, would, that sound would echo through the canyon. But now I can just, you know, let loose and just start hitting the uh, the, the virtual skins. And it's just fun, man. It's just great. Well, and then besides the the virtual drum module, now you've taken a leap into virtual instruments, and that new one, Anna. Yeah, Anna is amazing, and I've spent probably the last few weeks of my life diving into the million presets that it seems to have. Um, so I, I was kind of wondering what made you decide to go uh, and start partnering with virtual instrument stuff. Well, certainly you can't ignore the trend that's been happening for years now uh where you know modern music is is you know has a lot of, of synthesizers you know sure it's, uh, it's being dominated by synthesizers so it would be really ridiculous to not have an incredible synthesizer in our bundle because i mean we want to make sure that our bundle contains everything that a modern producer and audio engineer would would need yeah that's so, definitely one of them yeah, so I mean, a, a synthesizer was really important, but it just couldn't be any synthesizer because it really had to be a synthesizer that was a jack of all trades, that that was versatile, that you know had instantly good sounds, that 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 you know could just accomplish a lot of different styles from hip hop to modern EDM and dubstep, everything in, in between, 
And uh, it was pretty soon after I heard Anna 2 that we realized that this was definitely the one with, you know, the three wavetable oscillators, the three samplers already that, you know, gave the user so much abilities for, for different sounds. And and uh, it was just a, a, a perfect match made in heaven. And Sonic Academy are some of the greatest guys ever. Uh, we started talking about the deal a little over a year ago and just so thrilled with the response. I mean, there's so many guys out there who just started using it and saying, this is kind of quickly becoming my go-to synth and, and I get it. I, I, I understand it. It really is a fantastic tool. Yeah, definitely. The intelligent chord thing is just phenomenal. Like the way it does the the limitation to, you know, the keyboard and shows you what to push and how it just makes music fast. Like I, I literally came up with a song in like 20 minutes. Yeah, you're talking about CMD, the chord memory device. Yeah. And it's my personal favorite features as well. It's because I'm a guitarist, bassist, and drummer by trade, and when it gets, gets to keys, I'm pretty slow and sloppy, right. you know, to be frank. So having that, you know, chord memory device and to be able to have, you know, more complex chords without really knowing my way around keys as well as I should, because I, I, I should at this point, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's really helped out my producing and songwriting. Yeah, no, it definitely just gives you that, like... What I, I think more people need in their plugins is instant gratification. You know, like I push a button and it's beautiful, you know, and I yes. move to another one and it sounds just as cool but different. And now I put four or five of them together and there's a song. Like without, like you said, without even having like a, a theoretical background, which I do, but I mean, when I deal with jazz guys, they're throwing some really bizarre chords at me. And now I'm looking at the, you know, thing it does with Anna and I'm like oh I see these chords now like I, I get it yeah like, like really Absolutely. strange diminished and minor and you know augmented chords and it's all built in yeah you know it's funny you say that I have a, a buddy who came here not too long ago to the office and he's he was a, trained as a jazz player and I had to make me a few new jazz presets I said just mess around play, play some chords and I just programmed some new CMD presets and they're so freaking cool yeah I mean they you know? throw in 13ths and 9ths and like strange yeah. harmonics and and to them it's beautiful and unless you are used to it it kind of would totally throw your brain off but they yeah. they definitely you know like started to look at what Anna's doing and go oh my god now they could compose and and you know look at that and use that as a tool so, sure, and I should say that it's not just for people who aren't great at keys like myself. Because even if you're great at keys, the cool thing is you're you're playing, you know, you're you're able to experience chords from someone else's brain. And sometimes it takes people out of their comfort zone and, and allows them to kind of experience some other ideas that they normally would not have thought of. Yeah, exactly. Like right off the bat, like just pushing yeah. one button and hearing something, and then going, "I'm going to write a song off of that." Exactly. And, and it being original because it's not like you, you're using a, a sample loop or something. So I think it could be a, a great compositional tool as well. But uh, yeah, that one was one I definitely was like, man, people that listen to our podcast, if they don't know, like the last couple of records I've done with some, you know, bigger producers and they've all asked for synth bass underneath the bass. And we're just pulling up like something out of Avid land and like expand, but it's always limited and kind of cheesy. And this yeah. is so much more. And when I watch some of the, uh, you know, instructional video stuff out of it, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, they're getting like super pros to use this stuff to show people how to use it. And that's part of the, you know, what I was like blown away when you dropped the everything and turned it into all access. And it's really become 
not just more tools for the same price, but the education that's offered for it and, and all the different, you know, videos that you've put out have made it a lot easier for people to get up and go with it rather than having to like worry about learning a plugin. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, this was such a huge part of, of the bundle. You know, uh, when I was coming up in the engineering world, I had the advantage and the fort, the good fortune of being able to work in pro studios and watch pros do their thing. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is invaluable. You know, simply watching these pros, understanding techniques, watching their philosophy, seeing how they work, it made me better. And, you know, the first time I watched Jay Baumgartner do a mix and picked his brain for 10 minutes on, you know, something. I remember he was the first one to, to, who showed me that you can take a bass guitar and a heavy rock mix and crank the mids all the way. And, and it cuts so well. And I did that. And I was like, oh, my God, that was game changing. Yeah. Or when Chris, or when Chris Lordalgy showed me that he, you know, boosts a lot of low end on his overheads and, and rooms. And I said, oh, my God, like these little things that I just was learning were so game changing because, you know, nothing is better than learning the pro techniques directly from the pros who are doing the best stuff. Right. And to be able to now offer that to everyone who is in the all access passes, it's just such an honor and a privilege. And I, I'm just so happy with it. And the, the greatest thing I've uh, seen as a result are people posting their before and after mixes. Mm -hmm. And most of these after mixes are the first mix they've done after taking the course. And the difference, is, of course, is night and day, just like it was for mine. And I think it's really thrilling because there's, there's like this elated feeling you get when you improve your craft. Well, There's yeah. nothing better than improving your craft. I remember the first time I learned how to play Stairway to Heaven and I was struggling on the next song and then I remember the first day I was able to play it the whole way through and it's this elated feeling of accomplishment. And the same thing happens when you improve you know, the craft of, of audio engineering, producing and mixing. Well, yeah, and learning from, like you said, learning from the pros. And I mean, before you had switched to the All Access thing, there were those videos with Lord Algae and um, I, I forgot what the other, there was another one I watched, but the Lord Algae one had the session and you went through and it had, you know, presets, but it was, you know, just kind of a one-sided thing and, and, you know, it wasn't expansive enough to what you've done now where it's actually like an academy like you know i mean there's sure there's every and, genre in there now yeah and it's not just the pro courses i mean we've got lots of great you know intro courses the ultimate guide to compression which really takes you know beginners and not even just beginners because it's always great for for people who are more experienced to even brush up on these uh on these philosophies and such too um you know it has just a really thorough course on compression yeah we have more of those coming out for eq for synthesizers and i think those are going to be a great asset for aspiring people in the industry and, and even more experienced people who want to brush up on some some techniques. Well, and I, I tell a couple of friends of mine and, and engineers that was like, man, if I if I had this when I was you know 17, 18, working with my four track, you know, like just the understanding of compression, which took at least ten years for me to wrap my head around, and then another right. ten years for me to really perfect it. And like you say, it's it's still good to go back and look at how other people are using it, and now even more so using it as a musical tool rather than just the dynamic tool and sure. in a lot of the music that's coming up with production and you know the pumping on purpose and 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 those yeah. kinds of things which people were afraid to get before and uh, if one thing i've learned just from watching some of these slate academy things is that there are no rules like anymore yeah. especially with plugins you're not going to break it you're not going to have to take that like uh, fg stress into the shop and pay money to get it fixed because you turned everything up you yep. know, and like that to me is so freeing, you know, from a mixing standpoint, I've now started going back to old mixes and just 
going crazy with knobs just because I've seen the pros do it now because they're not worried about breaking anything either. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part of, I think, the plugin revolution and with what you've got and the way that it sounds like hardware, but you can also abuse the hell out of it and and not have to pay for it. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And especially when you keep adding things and never raising the price. Like, you really don't have to, to pay for it. It's just like it's all coming to you. And I saw a post you made about some salad that costs the same amount as uh, as a month of the everything bundle, and it really hit me. I was like, man, I'm like, all excess pass is the same price as a salad. Yeah, it's, like, it's very true. I mean, especially salads in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and, and even uh, here in Chicago, some places are really expensive for eating and dining. And Uber Eats is going to cost you more than two months of mixing. Yeah. Well, it's funny you just say that because I'm sitting next to uh, my sister just brought my lunch in here. And it is a steamed chicken and shrimp dish from a local Chinese place. And then I have a Diet Coke. And now that all came to $13.99. So it's $1 less than an entire year of all the all access pass. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. I mean, and, we, and that, that was the design, Rob. The design was let's t- just take out the barrier to entry. I mean, if we said $14.99, almost anyone can afford that a month. Even if you're a broke college student, you could probably scrounge up 15 bucks and then just give them tons of stuff where it's like now we don't have to worry about – paying money for the tools it just almost again it's just you know eat one less pizza a month and you have the tools now focus on just the song making your stuff making making this beautiful piece of art that's what i want people to focus on i don't want people to focus on oh crap this new plugin came out and it's 200 bucks or even 100 bucks how am i going to get that cash and it's just it doesn't make sense anymore i mean just well, it's, it's the same way that you know just say what you want about streaming services and music for the consumer it's amazing Yes. You know, there's, there's a whole different argument on the on the creator side. And of course, some things aren't quite fair there about how much they're paying. But for the consumer to spend 10 bucks or whatever it is for Spotify or for Netflix and get all that content, it's amazing. Yeah. And with what you've got for like I've run, you know, two rooms in a commercial studio. And for me, it's a lot easier to digest that cost because it's going to make money. Like sure. it's easily going to pay itself. Like with some plugins that I paid 900 bucks for or something, you know, back in the day when they were really yeah. expensive because they felt like they had to justify the cost of software versus hardware. It must not be that good if it's only cheap, you know, like that theory. Mm-hmm. But in the sense of the, the game now, it's like for, you know, 15 bucks, I have I can mix 10 projects in a month and make $15,000. You know, so yeah. what, what's that $15 investment getting me, you know, and it's like, and it keeps growing, you know, that to me is yeah. worth more than the price of admission there. And I just, you know, also look at it from the other side, like, well, what if all these people now that have their recording studios in their basements have all these plugins, they don't need me anymore, but they still need my skill and they can use yeah. the same tools and I can translate them right away. So it gives that like thing I used to have where I'd open a session and be like, oh, man, they have that Waves plugin or they have that plugin. I got to go buy that or I hope I didn't demo that yet so I can run it for seven days and finish this mix. And then I do and I love it and I end up spending 300, 300, 400 bucks on it. And I I only used it once. Yep. You know, at least here, if I don't touch like Revival, for example, I may not use that or I may not use the lift, but I use the, you know, FGN and the FGS so much that that paid for itself, you know, like or sure. the FG stress so much that definitely paid for itself. So it's yeah. not like you're wasting money on a bundle that you're only going to use two or three things on. 
And, and there's also the aspect of just constantly being updated with newest, best technologies. I mean, you know, someone made an argument, oh, well, how many EQs and compressors do you need? And I said, you're, you're right. We've got more EQs and compressors and reverbs than you'd ever need for any mix. But, you know, things are changing. The way people produce is changing. I mean, look at the kilohertz bundle we just added. Oh, God. You yeah. know, that's, that's a, just a totally different tool. But as soon as you start using it, you become more creative because it just allows you to do so much different stuff. And there's going to be lots of more, you know, lots more tools like that coming out in the future. And, you're, and then with the all access pass, you don't have to worry about, you know, what to get or what not to get. It just all is going to be funneled your way. And some, some of it is going to be great for you. Some of it might not be great for you. But I think we're going to have a lot of amazing new tools that people are going to want to use. Have you, have you gotten any, like, throwback from industry folks saying you're making it too cheap for everybody now, you know, and, and or have they been embracing it like I have? Uh, when you say industry, do you mean competitor industry people? No, or just not, people? not that. But like, I mean, you know, folks that run commercial recording studios and stuff where it matters to, you know, have clients that that can't do what you can do without the tools that you have. But you're giving I, the tools I personally out. Have- I, we have a lot of big studio clients, and they all just seem thrilled about the stuff. They, they oh, love yeah. It. I do, too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I just wondered from, yeah. you know, like some of the trolls out there may say stuff like, you know, oh, he's giving all this stuff to people that don't know what they're doing with it. They're going to think they yeah. know what they're doing with it. Well, and- you know what it is? The, the, the guys who are the pros who know that their talents have value, they have a good business, so they're not threatened. You right, know, they, they, exactly. Guys like you, you're not threatened by that because you're super talented, Rob. You do amazing work, and you've got amazing facilities. So, you know, you just for you, this these tools are just more and more of an asset for you to keep doing what you're doing. And yeah, and I, and I can afford them. Like, <laughs> That's the yeah, big thing. I can go. easily afford them and like pull up that stuff on the Ravens, and people go, "Holy crap!" You know, like it looks sure. as pro as the lunchbox I have sitting to my left. You know, it's sure, but it's you know never going to break on me. And I've got two op amps I have to replace right now on on some API units. I never have to yeah. worry about that on your stuff. You know, sure. like I, I, yeah, yeah. this all comes back from me being you know twenty one, twenty two sitting in, in my boss studio, buying all these big plug-in bundles. And, and I, I literally remember one time, you know, I really wanted to try this new plug-in bundle out. I don't remember exactly which one it is. And I had rent due. And I remember I had to call my dad and ask him if he could lend me some more money for an extra month of rent because, I, you know, he told me he was cutting me off. I said, just give me one more month before you cut me off because I need I need extra money. And it's just, you know, I think that bundle alone was a $1,200 bundle of plugins for like five or five plugins or so. And it's just, you know, that would be the equivalent to, uh, geez, I mean, almost – eight or nine years of, of all access pass. So yeah. it's just nice to, to think, you know, that people aren't worrying about money. No, you know? and, and getting back to the the purpose of creating, you know, like, and yes. in, in our sense, getting back to being able to do sessions with, you know, really like universally compatible things. Cause if everybody's got the all access pass, then I can, you know, get a track from some other studio and open it right away and be on the same path right away and not have to try and sure. figure out what inactive plugins I have to replace and what they were and what they can do. And with, especially with the kilohertz thing that really has opened up, like, what don't you have, you know, like as, as opposed to what do you have? And I like it better than the list of ridiculous amount of plugins that some of these companies, when you install their bundles, it like, I have a, a thousand UAD things that I don't have, but they all show up in my list. And it's like, that sucks. When I open kilohertz, it's like, oh, wait, this this multipass thing has everything I need right in it, but I can do it the way I want. And being able to like, from what I I, I was going to ask you, is it basically a multiband splitter and then you just load plugs on each band? 
I mean, it's it's even more than that because each band has its own mix knob and its right. own gain, and you can assign different LFOs to each one. So it's just like the amount of different tools you can make from multi-pass or snap heap for that matter, which is parallel and serial chains, right. is is kind of like limitless. I know. I mean, it's, it's on, in snap heap, I, I created the, the old classic Eventide micro shift plugin. I created a Dolby exciter. You know, the old Dolby noise yeah, yeah. reduction cider. I created that effect. And these are all going to be – these presets are all going to be coming out soon. Uh, I mean I've created vintage delays. I've created guitar pedals. I mean you can create anything you want. And then you just basic tools like multi-pan compressors and stereo enhancers and multi-band transient enhancers and combine all three of those. So you can have a multi-band process that's doing you know upper mid stereo expansion, low end transient enhancement, compression on the low mids. I mean it's – it's limitless. I mean, that's why this tool is so freaking powerful. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, I've, it's, I've used it for vocals and mastering and I've used it on bass. I've used it just, I, and now I'm about to try the, the smoothinator just because it's a freaking hilarious name. Um, yeah. I, I want to try that compared to that soothe plugin that everybody talks about to, you know, kind of smooth out harshness of things and i'm guessing it's going to do what i expect it to do because so far yeah, it's everything just, it's very does. instant gratification smoothinator yeah. is just really quick i mean the trick with smoothinator is you know where you have some of the most brash sounds are that upper mid range and it uses a reverse envelope on the upper mids through the through the transient shaper module so it lessens the envelope of the attack on the upper mids, then puts a little compression on it super fast and quick. And uh, it's just super – it just works. I mean like if you have something that's harsh and needs to be smoother, it instantly works. And then it rebalances the lows and low mids. So uh, – and then if you want to tweak, it's very easy to customize and tweak. So it's just it's just instant gratification smoothness. Yeah. Uh, if you have you know an edgy vocal, easy. If you have an edgy hi-hat or – Overheads very very easy, and uh, the mix knob allows you to, you know, what, what what the cool thing is the macros you can kind of just completely take out all the harshness and then just back up the mix knob, and and it's really fun and easy to use. Yeah, it sounds. Um, I mean, definitely easier than doing it like old-fashioned ways of trying to sidechain things, and it's, it's so nice to have it all in one interface. Sure. And to me, sure. I mean, it was it, it, when when I saw that and and was playing with it, like. Right away, I was like, oh, man, I'm like, it's going to cost more. And then it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm like, at some point, people are going to start wondering how this works, like where the price never. But I guess it's also a great thing because it's going to keep people, you know, really loyal to the to the brand, which is well, I mean, yeah, something I hope. It really comes down to a win win situation. So, I mean, at first, it's very risky because you basically knock out you know, your profit per customer by like 90%, you right. know, whereas normally customers are giving us, you know, 149 to $200 per plugin. Now they're giving us that same amount for the whole entire year. That's mm -hmm. $14.99 a month. So, so you knock down your profit per customer quite a bit. Now you do that, you risk that because you hope for the result of just having an extreme amount of new customer acquisition. And when you switch to these from business model, from perpetual to, to, you know, I guess the, the membership, Mm -hmm. uh, and we didn't really switch because we always kept, you know, we, we still have kept you know, the perpetual. Yeah, people can still buy them. Yeah, but but of course our, our focused business model was on the membership. And you do this switch and uh, the first year is scary because you lose a lot of money the first year. And it's only when it started, you know, getting popular. We add more plugins. People go, oh, this is cool. And then the new customer acquisition happens. And now it's a wild, it's wildly successful. 
Yeah. And that's where it comes in. The win-win is for the for the customer, they're paying very little getting a lot. For us, we're getting lots of new customer acquisition growth. So that's that's how we keep the lights on over here. Well, yeah, and then the loyalty is there too because as I've sure. discovered when I start using plugs that I can't live without, you know, then yeah. you start to find yourself behind the eight ball in a sense with some of these companies that they, you know, upgrade their plugs and you're not part of their upgrade plan, so you have to pay to be a member of their upgrade plan just to get the newest version. And I'd rather just be knowing that every year I've got these things and they're always the newest version. Yeah. And sure. and with more to come, you know, which is something I can't wait to see and, you know, where all this goes, because as I've seen people posting online, it's like, oh, my God, now we're going to see more of this from Slate and more of that from Slate. It's like people still can't get enough. Mm-hmm. And I see that being a great thing and, and it'll keep you guys, you know, going and with the release of the MTZ and that being way more <laughs> affordable. It, like, you yeah. know, you can't ever kick yourself for making the jump early. But man, what a great deal for that size screen. Like, I mean, it still doesn't like to me, I think our Ravens are still the, the, the king of the, the crop because they're big and, and they're really, you know, some of the first ones that were out in the industry. So I love them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, well, hey, I got the same one. I got yeah. The OG. Yeah. I mean, and it's great and, and it will work forever, you know, like because yep. it's it's people like I've come in now. I've had an engineer the other day that came in and he sat behind it. And once he ran through the configuration because his arms are shorter than mine, it totally yep. worked for him. When he first started, sat down, he's like, this isn't working. I'm like, because your arms are short. You know, yeah. it's like you just have to run a calibration on it and then it'll learn yeah. how you touch. So exactly. that part is amazing. But Matt, I, I appreciate the time. I, I don't want to take up more of your time. I've got, you know, I'm sure that I've got plenty now that is going to make this podcast kick ass. I just couldn't let it go without talking about the new stuff because. No, I really appreciate that, Rob. That's really kind of you. But I can't wait to see what else you got in the pipeline. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be watching and, and hopefully using more Slate stuff as it comes out. You got it, brother. All right. I will talk to you soon, man. Take care. Have Thanks a good so much, day. Bob. Take care, man. All Appreciate right. you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was uh, that was really informative and kind of nerdy in a way. But I'm a little uh, overwhelmed that my mind is hurting right now with all the stuff that you guys talked about. This is why I wanted you to take kind of like the lead because it's more of your world but now i'm seeing a lot of well, that it's world. your world too because i'm been, seeing it yeah. how as we used it on the records i mean you gotta think like you know now they have a, a guitar profiler yeah thing so you he's know. got he's got the guitar rig thing that they're doing with the overloud and they've got so many more things coming with their plugins with their you know expansions new uh drum libraries he was talking about the mimics going to get some expansions so that's yes, something yes, yes, yes. you know you've update, always been update yeah, update updates <laughs> i mean that that's really what happens every time you know you open something up like you know positive grid updates you know steven slate stuff updates kemper kemper updates. updates as soon as we get this rolling sampler you just got updates yeah. you know and now we've got sounds that we can you know use at our fingertips to help us write and and tools at our fingertips that can help us create so much quicker and almost all the Stephen slate videos and all the Stephen slate emails he ends with happy mixing yeah. like that's his sign off you know which is something that i i take to heart because i have fun mixing i have fun creating not having to deal with people going that's not the kick i want that's not the snare i want and we go here pick the kick you want pick yeah. the snare you want and we did that with poison red album you know we sat here for an hour finding the one that became kick point and the one that became snare point it was combinations of samples to trigger in with your real drums 
and cuts we're not, out. We're not going to tell you what those samples are. No, they're, <laughs> they're, they're kick point and snare point. They're a blend, a special blend, including your own drums. I mean, the, yeah. the Black Beauty snare that you used on the record is part of it, you know? Like, that's one of the most recorded snares in the world. Why wouldn't we use that? And I can tell, too, when uh, we were here and we took off the sample, what, you know, the differences were, you know, what, like, what kind of tone. Like, when we were just playing with the sample alone, you can tell that the actual snare needs to be in there. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, it moves air differently and you're also expressive on it. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're saying, when you're at home, it's still, you know, a little bit tricky when you're playing on these rubber pads that don't have the feel of a real drum head, you know, and until they can make a real drum head trigger a snare, it's never going to feel right to a drummer that's been playing 20 years on a real drum set. Yeah. You know what? And the cool thing about, you know, talking to Steve and talking about all this technology is Nonpoint has definitely embraced technology i mean yeah. we recorded our last record just with kempers mm -hmm. you know and we add the samples you know I, I originally i wanted to record with the mimic but i don't think that would have been a really good idea you no, know it's but. it's more for i i look at it as a studio and and home musician tool to be able to get your ideas down in a way that was never possible so quickly you know, and when you're writing music, that's important. You don't want it to take two hours for you to get a drum sound because what's the idea you just came up with? Well, yeah. you've just spent two hours getting a drum sound. Now you're like, ah, I forgot the song. You know, and, and I also, with the Mimic and the ePro Live and talking all this stuff, the technology and, and kind of advancing, I did enjoy our very first time that we got together to use it when I first got the Mimic, mm -hmm. but we were using real cymbals. Yeah. And that to me was the perfect combination. I, I definitely will take a real symbol over any plastic symbol or electronic symbol. For the symbol. feel, and yeah, I mean, especially your articulations that you do and how you have closed hat versus open hat. And while I'm sure we can dive in a little more with the mimic and get the velocities dialed up even more, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, at that point, then it's fake triggering off of things because you're hitting hard. You're, you're not the kind of drummer that that thing was really designed for, I think, was more of the finesse drummer. When you look at online videos, mm -hmm. they're jazz guys that are really finessing it. Yeah, they hit like consistently and hard, but they're not bashing, jumping up and hitting their kit like you are. If you were doing that live, you'd have toms triggering off all over the place. Yeah. You'd have like a snare triggering off of you just sitting down because you came back down on your seat the way you do, yeah. you know, or when you got your back leg pushing forward and I just dropped shit. So, but anyway, when you got your back leg pushing forward into something, you know, that's gonna, or resting your hand on the snare thing, like all that would false trigger. You wouldn't be able to do it. But yeah. in the, the programming and the triggering for the recording side and the writing side, it's kind of a really helpful tool, you know, and, and again, with all the Steven Slate products, I mean, it was a great, you know, uh, almost like from from an audio world, it's like he's he's set a trend that all the other companies are following now as far as delivering their products in a subscription manner, getting them, you know, to be more competitive price wise. But he takes it when it comes to sound quality. He, he's a musician. You know, and the big thing at Uptown Recording is everyone that works here is a musician. We speak that language, you know, like we talked about in earlier episodes. I'm from both sides of the glass and yeah. you are, too. You know, like you're doing recording at home. You're doing production on your own writing. And I'm helping in a sense with you technically. But it's allowing the reason I do it so much is so that you can make what you're making, because some of the things that you and I are creating now would never happen if you didn't have that, you know, yeah. those tools. And, you know, knowing how to use them is, you know, while there's a learning curve involved, it's not hard. Once you figured it out, you're drawing stuff I would have never been able to do because you think drum mind. Yeah. I think engineer mind. I'm like, is this on the grid? You're thinking, does this groove? 
you know, yeah. and, and like you said, with the slate stuff, the grooves that are in there, they're cool, but then you just drumify them. you robify them, you know? Yeah. Like, because I mean, it's just, it's, it, it wasn't really created by a drummer. It wasn't a drummer playing that stuff. It was just created by a computer. And then, you know, we're not machines, you know, yeah. sometimes <clears throat> I have issues, you know, like when we do demos, there's some drums that are in there that are just programmed not, by non-drummers. Yeah. They're non-drummers and no, no disrespect to anybody. You know, it's just, it's not, you were not machines, mm -hmm. you know, like we're not a machine. And there's some things that I just physically cannot do as a drummer. Yeah, your arm won't move that way, you know, yeah, like, I can't but hit the a machine can drop a dot anyway. I can't hit a riot in this and the same. It's just impossible to do yeah. certain things. But when you're programming, if you're like that kind of artist, like I think that works well for like solo guys, you know, like that, that just want to, that don't tour and just like do records on and their own. And progressive music can yeah. benefit from that. Yeah, because and they, they just program stuff in there. It doesn't need to be human. But, you know, but uh, to me, you know, I, I don't mind listening to program drums, but I don't want to be like, like, uh, like, you know, I have, I feel obligated to play that, you know. Yeah, you're not a robot. You know, I want to be able to put my stamp on it, you know, because there's a certain way that I hit a hi-hat that you're not going to get from a program. So a certain yeah. way I hit that. I've had a lot of people express to me, like, the way I hit my cymbals. There's certain things I do with my hand where there's a bouncing thing called off the cymbal. You can't do that with an electronic kit. Yeah. You know, and also those those plastic symbols don't have that kind of recoil, <laughs> non-point album, non -point, yeah. uh, you know, that, that kind of feel, you know, yeah. like it's not going to feel like that. And like when you put, when I helped you put the true track like pads on your D-drum uh, kit, it was awkward, mm -hmm. you know, like, because you're like, oh, this doesn't feel like my kick head, you know, it's like, well, because there's not this giant thick pad of plastic in the middle. I mean, I'm it. getting a little bit used to it, but I mean, there's like certain it's fast It's never going to feel like a real Yeah, one. like when I do a fast roll. It just doesn't pick up the whole thing. And I remember you you were you you were like, oh my god, why is this fatiguing my arms so much? Because you're hitting something so hard like you're used to, but it's not giving like it used to. Well, the thing is, if you if you the people who don't know what the True Track drum is drum head is is made by Pearl, and they were designed for this thing called EPRO Live. It's basically a real live looking kit with real shells, with real shells, but with electronic drums and electronics inside. Electronic head, sorry, electronics in size, so it can be like, you know, like you're, like you're playing a real kit. It's not like the Roland has got the thin Tom mesh thing. Yeah, it's, it's not mesh. Even, oh. It makes your drum kit weigh twice as much. Yeah, even though uh, mesh are amazing. Though. Yeah, but the, but the, the but the true tracks add so much weight to the drums. It does add a lot of weight. Like the those, toms head, weigh those heads a lot are more definitely not light. No, and uh, for so the people don't know. I mean, you have to really sit down, like Rob and, and myself, like. Well, mainly Rob, I was looking mainly most of the time. He sat down on the mimic to just sensitivity. To, to sensitivity, there's so and I and we still don't have it 100. No, percent it's, it's like to time. me, it's like an axe effects. You have to keep tweaking page and tweaking and page. tweaking yeah. because, as like you said, I've seen these videos of these dudes. What was that one guy at Nam who was just just oh the jazz drummer, the yeah. jazz drummer. He was like a lefty hitting, you know, and dude was just. But they spent, I'm sure, spent hours. I'm sure they it. it was set up to by, his specific by, playing yeah, style, to, to his playing and by style. somebody from uh, Pearl. You yeah, know, so like, I'm that sure was it was one really of the, the, the we the nerds in yeah. that in that department that can f do all that stuff. And, and but honestly, I, I don't think I would work any other way now. I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, once we start the writing process for a new non-point album. Uh, um, I'm sure I'll be. Oh, it'll there. be flying back and forth flying in MIDI and MIDI files. Ideas will be here, you know, mm -hmm. doing stuff, and I, I'm excited to write new music. I mean, we're we're not in a headspace yet, but we have songs, but 
it's not been like a priority, but I know it's going to come and we're excited because we got this positive grip. We got Kemper. We got the, the Howard Benson thing. We got Steven the Slate Steven stuff. Slate guitar stuff. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have to bring a freaking guitar head in here. All you need to do is bring your guitar. Yeah. All you need to do is bring a, uh, make a guitar. You don't even have to play. Just program it. <laughs> nah, it doesn't. They haven't gotten there yet, but, but they definitely, if, if anyone will, I think Slate will be the first one to come out with the, you know, virtual guitar system yeah. but uh and it'll just i be think it's i mean that on. even the positive grid stuff that we worked on was crazy it was like yeah. wow really cool stuff all the all the tools and even steven even steven <laughs> even steven yeah steven slate himself has always said you know there's great number of tools out there and all of them allow people to make great things it's just finding the tool set that you're comfortable with and you can make records with these tools i mean people yeah. are making records oh, I mean, we don't yeah. have we technically don't even have to have a guitar head in here or even a cab yeah. Like if I, people, when I tell them we did X without without, without caps, they get blown amps. away. It's like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, no, we just went direct. Mm-hmm. And when you when you find when we bought that that Howard Benson pack and we we're listening to those, like, wow, some of the guitar sounds in there was sick. And you guys are using them live, and it's yeah. the same tone. And, and, yeah, exactly. And you have pretty much you're about as close to your record, yeah, as you can be. You know, except for the drums. You know, they're not they're not like that but no, everything but else is pretty live much is, is a totally different world when you're talking about drums they sound great in venues because they have the subwoofers thump mm-hmm. in and they've yeah. got you know it's it is produced it is you know studio you know in a sense but it's more for the fans and i think you know with all the technology that's coming out you know in combining live and recording you'll see a lot more slate stuff out on the road people using it like i do as far as recording you know using mm-hmm. the virtual recording system for your live shows that i've come out to record i can track you guys in a four space rack you know Which like great yeah i mean i don't have to bring tons of gear i don't and need I a remember truck the, the first live recorder we had an actual freaking truck that's what i'm saying i don't need a truck of revolution <laughs> i mean it'd be nice if i had a truck for isolation so i could hear what i'm tracking and you know like instead of being up on stage but i know what i've got after sound check i listen back i know what it sounds like i play for you guys your level is always like wide-eyed when i do it like oh my god this sounds great it's well, like next time you do that we'll set you up in the dressing room yeah i could do that you could do that so we so. can be away from the because there's no way i mean i don't think that i mean no matter what oh, headphones you have yeah it's, I mean, you're gonna have some kind of you guys are loud yeah you know and the loud. venues you guys play they push it loud and you know what i'm trying to capture the lightning of you guys live so as long as i get the performances most of the stuff now it's all direct yeah the bass tones and the guitar tones are coming to me they sound just like they do on the record because they are just like the record coming straight out of an xlr cable yeah. i don't got bleed from your drums on everything except for vocal and it's a lot easier to deal with than like 2015 when i came out to record you guys with all cabs on stage and everybody had mics up and there's so much more stuff being picked up so i'd rather not have cabs on stage but that's just a tricky thing to tell you know an old school guitar player yeah they 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 like what they like i understand why they like it i mean maybe if i play guitar maybe i would have a cab on stage you know well it's it's kind of the equivalent of you want to be able to hear your kick and your wedge yeah. You know, like you want to feel it. You don't just want to hear it. You know, yeah. like you could hear it in your ears, but you're not going to feel that woof air. Yeah, so people have the thumpers on the that too, seats, the, you know? the thumper seats. Yeah. Which I've seen a lot of guys use those, but then they also then get back problems later. And hemorrhoids. <laughs> and hemorrhoids. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fun. Well, on I that note, that thing's thumping on your butt. You I mean, think about how many times you hit a kick during the show. <laughs> you got some preparation H on your throne. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, it was nice to talk to Steve and kind of, you know, you hearing you pick his brain about stuff and how well, I just, see he's championed you a lot. You know, he talked very nicely of you. Yeah, that was nice. How much, of him. How much you've, you know, you've done for the company and what 
you know, how much you're, you know, you do all this testing and all this other stuff. And then it's really, well, I cool. want to make sure our investment is, is sound, you know, like, and not people look at me like he made the mistake of getting slate. Instead, people are looking at me going, why didn't we get into the virtual mic system when Rob did, or why didn't we yeah. get into this trigger thing or, you know, the mimic thing or any of the things that I've been, I, I always bug Steven about it. I'm like, what's coming out? What's coming new? What do you, what can I test for you? Yeah. Just cause I want to stay ahead of that curve and know what he's got in the pipeline because it's so great every time he comes out with something. Yeah. And then the weeks after that, people are just accolading him about, Hey, this is the greatest noise gate ever. Or, this is the greatest guitar rig player ever. And little by little, I see my friends starting to get into it and they're like, man, you should have told me about this sooner. It's like, I couldn't tell you about it when I was testing it, yeah. but I knew, you know, like, and that's kind of the, 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 angle I take with, you know, working for, you know, testing on, on his stuff. Yeah. It's like from when we bought our Ravens to figuring out what was better situated for our studio. And then they came up with mods for things that they, they sent a guy out here for a day to take one apart with me. And so we could modify it and make it our own custom kind of deal. Yeah. And that's something not, no other company does. So we want to thank him again for being on the show and uh, thank you as well for, you know, like another one of these fabulous podcasts. Yeah. Um, stay tuned for the next episode, which who knows what will be on. <laughs> We don't know what's going to be We don't know what it. the next episode is. But I uh, hope you enjoyed this one, and uh, we'll see you guys in the near future. Um, if you want to reach us on any of the socials, uh, is everything Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Robcast Podcasts. If you have any suggestions, guest ideas, uh, comments, critiques, you don't like what we're doing, you like what we're doing, Robcast Podcasts at gmail.com, and we'll see you all next week. Peace.